0: Previously on Improv Tabletop. We checked in with our paranormal investigators and also, well, just one paranormal investigator and two Stardew Valley residents who are suddenly, unexpectedly, paranormal investigators, it turns out. They had just jumped down into the sewers to save their friend Krobus from some ghosts. When they got down, they discovered Krobus was nowhere to be found, but there were a bunch of rats who had been possessed by ghosts, including one really big nasty rat. They fought the big nasty rat, and after completing that battle, they found an inflatable raft amidst all of Krobus's junk and supplies that he had stored in his bunker here in the sewers and they went sailing on their way they spoke to a rat with a really bad Italian accent about what was going on and they uh, got caught in some rapids the sewers were going down into the mines trying to spread this corrupted nasty ghost sewer water into every single nook and cranny of the mine system beneath Stardew Valley and after some challenges they managed to make their way to a compound where the missing residents of Stardew valley had been kept after their disappearance they spoke to a few different people all of whom louise has been in relationships with it turns out and discovered that they all had been taken by ghosts in various forms and times trapped down here behind this fence of like electroelectoplasmic energy and right as they were trying to figure out how they were going to escape and make their way up to speak to M. Rasmodius the wizard who surely had some answers about what to do here they heard a voice entering in from the other side of the fence the voice of Rick Moranis <laughs> what's going to happen to our heroes let's find out here in the world of Starboo Valley What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by
1: Justin Porter, aka
2: JP, and
3: I don't know, guys, let's do this. McKenna Steele, uh, aka Hayden Christensen in disguise.
2: Whoa, Thomas Ryan, also known as Ned <gasps> Wilcock. Your host and GM. Whoa! Man, we got all kinds of costumes. I didn't prepare a costume
0: today. I, I feel so underdressed. It's vaguely Halloween themed. It's We all vaguely. have to be someone else. Well, I will dress up this year as a person who cares about going to the dentist regularly. Everybody go to the dentist regularly. Go
3: to the dentist! What? As a front desk, go to the dentist.
0: You know, sometimes you don't go to the dentist for five years and your initial checkup, they're like, hey, you got no cavities, you're doing good. But then you show up for your cleaning and it takes them half an hour to grind away. Away all the gunk that's been building up on your teeth, and it's gonna hurt. It's gonna be unpleasant. So go to the dentist regularly, so you don't get five years of plaque buildup.
3: Go to the dentist. That's a good wisdom. And listen, here's the thing. It's understandable with COVID that not a lot of people went to the dentist. Mm-hmm. I get, I, I'll give everyone a little bit of slack.
1: It's okay. I told Em's. I asked Em's. I said, if I lose my teeth, would you still love me? And she said yes. So I don't need to go to the dentist. Sorry. Nice. There
2: you go. We'll knock him out now. <laughs> don't let the sugar do it for you. Right,
1: McKenna. Would you
0: still love Christian if he lost all of his teeth?
3: I'm having an aneurysm. <laughs> go to the dentist. <laughs> um. Your cat
2: doesn't have its teeth. You love it.
3: Um, I still would love him. Um, because we would get implant dentures because we would get them at a discount so we could afford them a little better. Nice. So it would be a little bit better than normal dentures.
1: I would just gum down a steak. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then for Halloween you just take them out and you like the scariest thing ever because you got screws coming out of your gums and stuff. Oh boy.
2: Ah, oh, but you could do so much fun stuff with that. You could get like vampire teeth just instead. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. So kids. I, <laughs> don't go to the dentist, I, everyone. Don't go to
1: the dentist. I'm, I'm the devil's advocate right here. Yeah, either do
0: or don't go to the dentist regularly, depending <laughs> on what kind of life you want to lead. I suppose. Uh,
3: counterpoint, counterpoint, counterpoint. Um, everything in your mouth uh, travels to the rest of your body, so um,
2: so eat love.
3: Eat love. Be healthy. Yes. With your teeth, and it'll affect the rest of your body too. Oh my gosh, I'm having I, I'm having a stroke. Oh gosh.
0: Speaking of eating love, your current in a pen surrounded by people that Louise once loved and (laughs) maybe still loves some of them anyway (laughs) that's a good transition (laughs) Ned thanks Ned so uh, Elliot was just like oh my gosh Rick Moranis is on his way hide we'll make a distraction for you so you can escape so, yeah, where would you like to hide?
3: Um, are, are there lots of crates and barrels around? Like, old crates and trunks?
0: There are now.
3: Okay, bless. Um, I'm gonna jump in one. I'll move some cave carrots out of the way, but I'll... I'll... Um, guys, I, I really think we need to hop in over here. If you just want to, like, here, I'll, I'll help you get in. Hurry. Just make it fast. I
1: don't know. Those barrels are kind of thin. I'm gonna go behind one. Get in the barrel. I, I don't think I can fit. I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I mean, uh, there's a lot of me to love, you know?
3: Oh, that's fair. Your backpack's rather large. That's, okay, you know what? That's fine. Here, I'll move some to help you hide a better.
2: I'm going to turn sideways because I'm two-dimensional. That's true.
3: Okay, I'll hide in the barrel.
2: Okay, so looking at your
0: character sheets, McKenna, you have the best sneaky... And then we also have JP and Thomas, your characters have plus one to Sneaky. So the way that a group check works in Fate is you have the person with the highest modifier in that approach do the roll, and then each other person who has at least one in that approach can add a plus one to the result of the person doing the roll. So, McKenna, you can make a group Sneaky roll at plus four. Dang.
3: Ooh. Ooh. So it turns into a plus five.
0: Very nice. I'm going to roll a clever check for Rick Moranis. Yeah. Yeah, you hear the footsteps getting closer and you see there's like a lantern light coming up the wall on the other side of the fence. There's like this tunnel and you hear kind of this heavy, very nerdy breathing, and you see the figure come shambling into view, very disheveled hair, disheveled clothing, big old Coke bottle glasses on his face, and he walks up to one section of the fence, And he holds up like this weird gadget gizmo looking thing to the section of the fence and the energy drops in just that area. And he comes walking through, places the gadget back in his pocket and it goes back up on the other side. And he's got a lantern in one hand, and with the other hand, he pulls off a backpack, and he unzips and says, I brought lunchables for all of you so you can survive here in the depths. (laughs) Uh, He, like, pulls out one lunchable and goes, who likes turkey and cheese crackers? And you hear Elliot be like, you don't have pepperoni pizza for us? No, you heard the ate all the pepperoni pizza that Georgia Mart had to offer. We're just <laughs> left with turkey and cheese crackers.
3: <laughs> oh no, we're a terrible town. We haven't gotten rid of George Mart yet.
0: <laughs> well, maybe that's uh, another thing to add to the list of uh, big world-saving things you got to do. Probably. But yeah, Rick Moranis is a little bit distracted at the moment, handing out lunchables to all of the prisoners here. He doesn't seem to have noticed you hiding in the barrels.
3: Okay. Um, there's, there's a little hole in the barrel that I'm in, and I'm gonna, like, put my mouth up to it and be like, Hey guys, I've got, like, a really good idea. We need to get that thing that he used on the fence to get, like, the thing down. Um, that's my idea.
1: I mean, that's part of an idea. That's, uh, that's a goal. But, like, what, how do we, how do we, how do we get the, uh, the thing?
2: Well, I, I already did a lot of the work here. I'll turn so invisible, and I'm gonna flash my sheriff's badge and say, You're under arrest for kidnapping all these people. (laughs) All
0: right. Let's have you go ahead and roll with Flashy. And I'm going to have Rick Moranis defend with... What does a
2: fate point do again? Because I got a zero.
0: Oh, yeah. If you don't like the result of your roll, you can invoke one of your aspects and spend a fate point. Uh, Whichever aspect you feel like is fictionally appropriate, something that could give you a leg up or an advantage in this situation. Spend a fate point, and then you can either re-roll the entire roll or you can add two to the result. Before you do that, I'm going to roll for Rick Moranis with clever to see how he feels about the fact that he was just told to you know go under arrest basically
2: that is a plus three yowza all right so i gotta use one of my aspects yes i'm the prairie king baby
1: <laughs> yeah you are
2: and i'm using my sheriff's badge like i am the prairie king so I'm, I'm gonna re-roll it all right go for it i have a plus three okay plus five
0: there we go rick moranis turned towards you And his eyes get wide and he says, No, I can't go back to the presence. I can't go back to the dark confines where my soul feels like it is being torn asunder into a billion pieces scattered across the cosmos. And he starts stumbling back. And you see at that point, Elliot puts down one of the turkey and cheese cracker lunchables right in the area where his foot is going to go. And he steps on it and slips onto his back. And uh, you see the little device, little gadget, goes skidding out of his pocket across the stone floor, and Elliot jumps on top of Rick Moranis and puts him in a headlock and says, Now, you beautiful fools!
3: I'm going to go run and get the gadget, but as I do, I'm going to run past Elliot and be like... <sighs> I really think we should talk later. Um, (laughs) You know where my house is. Okay, cool. And then I'm going to run and continue and grab the gadget.
0: All right. You grab it, leaving a very confused Elliot behind you. And as you approach the fence, you see that the energy does part in front of you, just like it did for Rick Moranis. Convenient. Let's go. We did it.
3: Wait, everybody run. Run. Hurry. Get. I'll stay right here. Run to get out.
0: All of the residents start rushing towards that entrance. I'm going to roll for Rick Moranis with forceful (gasps) to see if he can bust his way out of Elliot's headlock
1: he's got to have like a negative two or something
0: well the interesting thing is you see his eyes begin to glow red and his voice deepens and echoes with other voices that are not his own and he says i shall not allow you to escape from this place my commands demand it And uh, with a plus five, he (laughs) picks Elliot up off the ground and chucks him (gasps) back into the sewer water. And you see Elliot begin floating off down the sewer water stream as Linus is like, well, that's a bad sign, everybody out. And all of the villagers start just rushing towards the entrance and uh, further down into the caves.
1: I think if Rick Moranis was a single homeowner, he's now a duplex. There's somebody else living in there.
3: (laughs) Uh, I think you're right. Is everybody out?
0: Uh, everybody except Elliot, but he looks back at you and says, Forget about me, Louise!
3: Forget about my wonderful hair! (sighs) Okay, I'll go talk to the witch later. Thank you. Hope you're okay. Goodbye! Bye! Um, and, And then I'm gonna wait for everyone to get out. And then I'm gonna move away with the device so that it hopefully closes on Rick Moranis.
0: Okay, yeah, you pass through the other side out of range so that the field that this gadget's putting off closes it. And as he's walking towards you, you can see his eyes. There's like that same weird fluorescent dry eye smoke kind of rising off of his eyes now (gasps) that was coming off of the rats. And you can see with each step he takes, he starts to get a little bit bulkier, a little bit larger. And he reaches out with his hands and he grabs like the bars of energy and starts pulling on them. You can <gasps> see his hands sizzling as he does so, but he's just pulling, pulling, trying to wrench them apart so you can get through after you. Uh, I think we're going to enter into a contest against Rick Moranis. Ah! So you folks are trying to escape the mines. He is trying to capture you and bring you back to this prison or something even more unpleasant. Who knows? In fact, he says that, who knows what unpleasant things I shall do to you once I catch you. (sighs) So the way a contest works is we are going to have you guys say what you want to do. And then you're going to roll against Rick Moranis and whoever wins is going to get one success. And the first team to three successes is the team that gets what they want. So first, what would you folks like to do to escape from Rick
1: Moranis? Well, I was thinking about this last session and I never got to do it, but I'm gonna assume that um, since I'm a paranormal investigator, I have, and this is probably a little past the 80s or anything like that, but like, uh, I've, I've improved on the proton pack and so now I have a holster, you know, like it like a that goes under your armpits and I have two proton pistols. Ooh, nice. And I just take those off and just start shooting them.
0: All right, very Django Fett style. Mhm. Go ahead and roll to attack. I mean, probably with clever because you have these real fancy like super high-tech proton pistols you're using. Okay.
1: Ugh. I'm going to use a fate point to re-roll that because that was bad. Um I'm gonna use I'm gonna use my high concept paranormal investigator and like just do it again because that was a bad one. Alright. <laughs> um and that was even worse. All right.
0: <laughs> All right. Rick Moranis is going to roll with Forceful to try and just like absorb the energy into himself to try and increase his own power.
1: All right. Well, I got a negative one. <gasps> he only got a plus one, actually. I had like, seriously, like the first roll was a negative two and the second roll was a negative four.
3: Remind me, is there a way that I can help? Is there a help action?
0: Uh, let me check real quick. Actually, it's been a while.
3: It's been a while. It's been a while.
0: Yes, so an ally can help you perform your action. When an ally helps you, they give up their action for the exchange and describe how they're providing help. You get a plus one to your roll for each ally that helps in this way. So you could get to a tie if both of you come in to help with Pat.
3: Okay, because I was thinking of using my explosives to throw them at the same time so that he's kind of like distracted and he's just like, what just happened with explosives?
0: All right. Another thing that we can look at is you do still have your rat in a box.
1: Mom, use the rat in box. <gasps> All right. I, and I, I bust that out. I just throw, I just throw it out like a pokeball. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I
3: choose you, rat.
0: Go, Ratatouille. So with that, uh, this is invoking your boost. Uh, you can either reroll again or add plus two to your result. I'm gonna reroll. Yeah, negative four is the worst you can possibly get.
1: All right, we got a plus three. Nice.
0: Okay, yeah. So you see Rick Moranis, like, as you're hitting him with these proton beams, he stumbles for a moment. But then you see him start like flexing his biceps and you see the energy welling in each of his arms, his muscles growing bigger and bigger for a moment. He pulls the bars aside just wide enough for him to start stepping through. But right as he's getting ready to go through, something comes in from the other side, a giant diseased rat, all Hades style. It bowls him back into the compound. The lightning barrier snaps back into place and you hear Rick Moranish just like, oh nah." stop jumping! Ow! Goodness gracious! Uh, so you guys have one victory over Rick Moranis and the way ahead of you is clear. What would you like to do next?
1: I first shout back and be like, hopefully you got your shots!
3: Oh my gosh. Okay. Incredible. Um,
2: We're still trying to stop Ricky-Poo, right? We're trying to escape, aren't we?
3: We're trying to escape. Oh. Yeah. But I feel like we need I feel like we need some answers from him.
1: I don't know, kid, but I I don't know if he's uh, going to give us any answers in his uh roided out state right now. I think we probably should get out of here.
3: That's fair. Okay. Um, I, is there any ladders just to go up a level?
0: Yeah, you look around. You are fortunately on one of the levels that has a ladder. Okay. So, yeah, you could use that if you'd like to.
3: I'd like to climb the ladder, please.
0: All right. So I will give you an option here. Because you have the trouble shiny, I can either give you a compel. Uh, What that means is I give you a fate point in order to make something kind of interesting happen based off of your trouble, your shiny aspect. You look, and just on the other side of that ladder, what incredibly rare resource does Louise see just
2: sitting there in the open?
3: A prismatic shard. I
2: knew it. I could feel it in my bones.
0: All right. So you step onto the first rung of the ladder. And what's that? A prismatic shard right on the other side. And you see the shard. You hear from behind you the rat go flying off into the sewer water. And Elliot's like, oh, disgusting. <gasps> and Rick Moranis starts stomping his way back towards you. You can go grab that prismatic shard. But if you do, Rick Moranis might be able to escape.
3: Oh. <sighs> No. Well, I think I can use it. I think I can use it. Hey, hey, hey. I think I can use it to help. So here's my game plan, G plan. So I'm going to run. I'm going to grab it, but I'm going to toss it at the bars. I'm going to mm-hmm. toss it at the bars and like cage force field thing that's holding him in in the hopes that it makes it like super permanent Ooh. because the prismatic shard can do anything. So it'll be, it'll just make it more powerful and he can't escape. All right. How about them apples, Ned? What do I gotta do?
0: Let's have you roll to overcome with quick against Rick Moranis' quick to see if you can get it in there before he manages to bust through.
3: Oh, that's my top one. Very nice. Wow, I didn't even plan that. Do I have to decide now if I wanna reroll or can I wait and see?
0: Well, he got a plus four. Look, I'm gonna
3: reroll it. (laughs) I'm going to use more careful than I thought I was. Nice. Go. Ooh, mucho better, that is also a plus four.
0: Okay, so that is a tie. On a tie, neither party in a contest is going to get a victory point, but an unexpected twist is going to happen. You grab the prismatic shard, you get a fate point for accepting that compel from me, And as you toss the prismatic shard towards the barrier, it's at exactly the same time that Rick Moranis grabs onto the bars again. And you see that stored proton pistol energy that he had in his arm go shooting into the bars at exactly the same time the prismatic shard hits. And there is a massive explosion. (gasps) And you see the entire roof of this level that you're on just is vaporized as this explosion goes off and you look up and you see a bunch of bugs on the precipice they all just kind of turn and look down at you.
1: Are we talking big bugs? Big
3: bugs. Yeah, this is
0: like uh, the bugs that you fight when you go into the mines in the game.
3: Ooh. Oh I don't like those bugs. Um, Crap.
0: Time to go, guys. This reminds <laughs> me of my first apartment.
3: What's Rick Moranis looking like?
0: Uh, he landed in the sewer water alongside Elliot and the giant rat.
3: Okay, so he's kind of...
0: Yeah, he was blown back by the explosion, but he's pulling himself back out. Elliot's just like, get out of here, you disgusting human. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> and Rick Moranis turns back towards him and says, Human, you degrade me. I am more than human. I am superhuman. I am above human. And Elliot goes, "Yes, go and just stick it right up your Jojamart." And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good insult. Yeah, that
1: was great.
3: That was good. Wow. I actually think he took some like yeah. consequences for that one. Some stress. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. I'll have I'll have Elliot roll with flashy to attack Rick Moranis's ego. Yes. Uh, that's a plus two. Rick Moranis is going to defend with careful, I guess. Uh, Elliot gets one shift, so Ugh. Rick Moranis takes one stress. I love I love Elliot. <laughs> what
3: a guy. Way to, way to tell him off.
0: True wordsmith. So Rick Moranis, with his bruised ego, begins pulling himself meekly up onto the shore and back towards the wall.
3: Whew. Okay, while that's happening, um, I feel like the bugs know me. Like I feel like I've been in the mines so much, I've probably formed like some relationships, like not like my type of relationships, mm-hmm. but like relations with these bugs. Um, and I thought
1: my trouble was a red flag. A- All right?
3: Um, yeah, yeah, seriously. I'm gonna look at the bugs and be like, "Hey, um, guys, he's the one that's really destroying your home here. I don't know. I really think you should like attack that guy right there." And I'm pointing at Rick Moranis to see if I can convince them to just get th- him and not us.
0: Yeah, I think part of your relationship with the bugs is they know what a capable combatant you are, because every time you come down here, you have to fight against the bugs. Mm -hmm. You keep repelling their advances. So I think with that history, we can have you roll forceful, maybe. I would think so. I would agree. And we'll just make that a flat difficulty of two, I suppose.
3: Um... I'm gonna use a fate point and invoke minor i barely know her
0: yeah to remind them of the history of pain that they've experienced with you
3: yeah oh okay um well that canceled each other out so it's a plus two
0: all right so on a tie to overcome you will succeed at a minor cost uh the minor cost is going to be you do convince the bugs to go attack rick moranis but they have to take some time to deliberate you got one bug who's like well i mean we do need to stop our home from getting destroyed but still we don't want this one to just go away scot-free for all of the terrible things she's done to our minds and another one's like yes but you'll see there's a bigger problem at hand immediately it's this giant roided out man this Mm -hmm. nerd Mm -hmm. who is suddenly very powerful Mm -hmm. and they're kind of like debating back and forth they've got like monocles and top hats and cups of tea
3: oh my gosh I love them
0: yeah this, this very erudite debate and eventually they're like you know what I think we will attack the giant evil man who was speaking with voices that are not his own but by the time they've come to that decision Rick Moranis has made it to the other side of the barrier just in time to get swarmed by bugs yeah! so you have succeeded at a minor cost the minor cost being Rick Moranis is being detained by something but it's not as powerful as the previous thing he was being detained by Uh, Once again, with a tie, neither of you gain a victory point, but that is our unexpected twist. Rick Moranis is on the other side of the barrier. You still have one victory against Rick Moranis, uh, but he's coming after you. What would you like to do next?
2: I didn't want to do this, but I think I have to. I'm going to uh, pin the sheriff's badge on me. (gasps) All right. And gain the powers of my sheriff's badge. Yes. All right. So
0: you are using your once per episode stunt. Yes. Suddenly you move faster, you shoot in a burst of 3 instead of just a burst of 1, all kinds of other cool stuff that I'm probably forgetting at the moment.
2: Yeah, and I'm going I'm going I'm going to look at Rick Moranis and go feeling lucky punk and i'm gonna just murder him
0: <laughs> oh okay
2: uh
0: yeah roll to attack with i mean you're using your badge that's the flashy thing roll to attack with flashy and uh i'm going to give you a free invoke on the result if you would like remind me what an invoke is and that is the thing that allows you to either reroll or add two to the result oh I would like to add two to the result, bringing me to plus six. Plus six.
3: (laughs) Get wrecked, Rick.
0: Yeah, he's going to defend with quick to try and dodge out of the way, but he's going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage because the bugs are all over him right now. And that is only a plus two. That is four shifts of damage. Uh, Well, actually, so since that is success with style on an attack, when you get success with style on an attack, you can either just do the full damage or you can reduce the damage by one to generate a boost for yourself.
2: Uh, I think I just want to blow him up.
0: All right, so you send the full energy of that attack. Three shots, they kind of spread out for a little bit, but then they all converge back together in one, smashing into Rick Moranis's face. He goes stumbling backwards with the bugs all over him. He is hampered, but not actually dead yet. It appears that whatever uh, crazy force is sustaining his body is keeping him going. Whereas if he had been just Rick Moranis, then he definitely would have been absolutely murdered right now. But yeah, he's looking a little bit worse for the wear. That is another, well, since you succeeded with style, that's actually two victories for you in this contest. So you have three victories. Rick Moranis has none. Yeah. You can escape scot Free right now if you would
2: like. Cool. I'm going to say, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And then I'm going to sprint up the ladder or down the ladder. I don't know which way we're going on this ladder.
3: Let's go down. I think. Down the
2: ladder. All right. Actually, if we're going down the ladder, I'm just gonna paper Mario myself into a paper airplane and go down. <gasps> oh, all right.
3: Oh, I wish I could do that. That's so <laughs> cool. Um- Okay, thank you, Bugs. Um, I guess we'll talk about it later and we can can come up with a deal.
0: Yes, we shall have some future discourse. Make sure you arrive at the town hall. We will make this very official with Mayor Lewis and everything.
3: Wonderful, Um, do I need to bring my monocle too?
0: If you have one, it would be preferable. You could fit right in.
3: Wonderful, wonderful. I'll bring my teacup and we'll have a time. (laughs) And then I'll jump down.
0: All right, so you make it down to this lower floor And as you do, you look around, taking in your new surroundings, and you've never seen this before in the mines, Louise, in all the time you've been here, but there is an adventurer's guild building (gasps) down here in the mines all of a sudden. What? Yeah.
3: That's Okay, but actually, that would be legit and super helpful to have one of those like actually in the game.
0: Yeah, it
3: would. Oh, that's so weird. Um, I'll knock on the door.
0: It opens on the other side and from the shadows, you see a very rugged face emerge, eye patch, hair gray from strain, and Marlin steps out (gasps) and says, Louise, it's been a while since I've seen you. Come on in.
3: Come on, guys, it's okay, I promise.
0: Who are your friends? These two pansies look like
2: they never put on a fight in their lives. I'm the Prairie King, Marlin. I'm gonna shoot the eye patch off of his head without hitting him. What? Uh, roll to attack with careful. Oh boy, that's not good for me. Plus one. Hey! All right, since you've got your
0: sheriff's badge active, we'll let that slide. You shoot the eye patch off, and you see underneath his missing eye is a prismatic shard.
3: <gasps> wow, that's so cool.
0: And he says, "Well, I suppose maybe I was mistaken. Perhaps you're more capable than I initially thought." Now there's weird stuff, whacked up stuff going on down here in the mines in all of Stardew Valley. And I think we need to talk to the big man, the magic man, to figure out what's going on so we can stop this. But you need gear, you need equipment to make it all the way back. Yeah. He heads over to his weapon dispensary area and looks over at Pat and says, You got some fancy items over there, mind if I take a look?
1: Ah. I'll hold on to them if you like. But uh, here, you can actually, actually, you know what? You seem like a pretty good guy. I'll let you look at my plasma proton pistol.
0: And he gives a couple glances and then he goes over to his workbench and he grabs a couple regular pistols and he starts modifying them until he has two additional proton pistols and hands one to Louise and one to Bob.
3: Whoa. Thank you kindly. Now, Now we're all like Patrick. Pew, pew, pew,
0: pew and as you take like a test shot you see this like immense beam of protonic energy shoots out and just explodes a battle axe on the wall
3: sorry marlin it's all right.
0: got to get used to these new energies, these new powers you have in mm-hmm. your hand. Mm-hmm. Now, fortunately for you folks, I have an entrance back up to the surface here.
3: Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. I didn't want to have to go through any more of these caves and find more ghosties. And I mean, not that I, I'm not afraid of them, but like they're just a real big pain.
1: I don't know. That's my uh, that's my bread and butter right there. We need to find some more ghosties.
3: Well, let's figure out where our main ghostie is. All right.
1: Yes,
0: Rasmodius should have the information for you. Perfect. And as he's saying this, he's like opening up this secret panel in the wall and you see there's an elevator on the other side and as he opens it up you hear from outside the Adventurer's Guild a thudding noise (gasps) of giant roided out feet hitting the stone (gasps) and Marlin turns towards the entrance and he grabs a big old shotgun off the wall and cocks it and says, you get out of here I'll hold off this bozo.
3: No Marlin! No, that's too brave. See you on
2: the other side, brother. And that'll jump in the uh, elevator.
0: <laughs> and as you're in the elevator, the doors close. It's kind of one of those old-fashioned elevator doors like the Great. And as you're going up, you can still see through as the door to the Adventurer's Guild is ripped off its hinges. And Rick Moranis sticks his head inside <laughs> immediately into a shotgun blast. And you hear him just go, oh, come on, again? marlin engages in combat with rick moranis giving you a moment to escape you eventually make it back up to the surface and you open up the secret door on the other side and uh you're in the Stardrop saloon
3: <gasps> oh that's handy
0: all right that's great i could use a drink and you see mayor lewis is at the bar he's the only person in here right now <laughs> and he turns towards you just absolutely wasted and says Ah, oh, you made it back. Good job. Good job. You saved the town. You, you saved the town. I'm going to give you the key to the city. And he reaches into his pockets, like, where I put my keys?
1: <laughs> uh, we'll take that a little bit later. If, if you could just give me a scotch straight up, that'd be great. For sure. For sure. To go. Oh,
0: yeah. Okay. To we, go. A will walk me down. And he starts pouring some glasses. Uh, and you can see, like you peer outside the window to the Stardrop Saloon, and you can see off in the distance, M. Modius's wizard tower. And the top of it is glowing. <gasps>
3: Hurry, I put my stable right outside the saloon for nights like this. Let's get on our horses and go. I have three horses and they make it so you travel a lot faster.
2: I imagine by now the sheriff's badge is probably worn off. Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm gonna turn to Gus and say, Gus, when I got out of the game, did anyone else come out too? Uh, yeah, he
0: is currently working on the arcade machine. It's looking pretty beat up. And he turns over towards you and he says, well, there was a bunch of undead critters that popped out, it turns
2: out. I'm thinking about one in particular named Fector. Did he...
0: I'm going to roll to see if Fector made it out. That is a zero, and Gus says he's trying. He's still trying right now, in fact, and there's a big crackle of electricity that comes from the arcade machine, and he smacks it with a hammer, and the electricity dies down.
2: I'm gonna keep that one in my back pocket.
0: Alright.
3: Well, Mayor, um, we'll try and find your keys. Uh, I don't love that you lost them because there's some bad guys on the loose and I don't know what would happen if they got a hold of the mayor keys to the city. So we'll keep an eye out, but we're going to go talk to Modius, and we'll let you know.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. I love it. You'll have to see it. You'll have to hear it. You guys have fun. And then he falls asleep on the bar. He's a
3: mess.
2: He, so he's totally passed out, right? Could I search his pockets for his keys?
0: <laughs> uh, Sure roll with clever i guess
2: plus two plus two
0: yeah you find his keys like just his actual keys not a key to the city per se ah, you do find it. his like the keys to his home the keys to his car keys to his office that kind of thing
2: he has a pickup let's go take the pickup
3: oh okay i'll tell the horses
2: i mean the horses are cooler though
3: i'll tell them that i i'll tell them and I'm going to go out while they're getting the car started and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pet my horses and say, it's not you, it's them. And then I'll go run over to the car.
0: All right. <laughs> you get into the pickup and start driving your way towards Rasmodes' tower. And as you arrive at the foot of the tower, you see, yes, just like before, there's this energy crackling at the tip and occasionally like shooting off into the sky and dispersing among the clouds.
3: Patrick, do you think we need to have our guns ready? Uh
1: yeah, probably, but I'm gonna get out my PKE meter and just start put it on, see if I detect any normal or un uh unnormal. <laughs> some some uh, Abnormal. Abnormal. That's the word I'm looking for. Abnormal. The
2: unnormal things of this world. All right. Go ahead
0: and roll to overcome with clever to see if you can detect anything abnormal. Three. Yeah, you scan your pK meter up there and you're picking up on these spectral energies. And similar to with all the rats, you're you're seeing like these kind of thermal readout sort of things. And you look up there and you see, Oh, there's like a couple spectral energies up there and you hear a big bang come from the top of the tower and one of them disappears from the readout.
3: Whoa.
1: Uh, wow. Okay. So I think that's something just lost its life up there.
3: Oh, I don't know if he's okay. I got to go make sure he's okay. And I'm going to go run in.
1: Yeah, you guns go. Up,
3: guns, guns pulled though.
2: I'll follow doing the same thing. Yeah, you rush
0: up to the top. And as you turn the final corner into Rasmodis's workshop, you get there just in time to see there is a big old skeleton-like ghost who's bearing down on him, and he's got his hand pointed towards him in a gun-like shape, and it's surrounded by magical energy, and you hear another big bang as he shoots this skeleton ghost, and it disperses off into the ether. And you see the energy of this ghost goes swirling around, and there's like this contraption at the top of his room. The energy gets caught in that contraption and shoots off through the top of the tower up into the clouds. Neat. And Rasmodis turns towards you and says, Ah, new faces. I've not seen you before. Well, I've seen some of you before, but I've not seen you. And he takes a step towards Pat.
1: Yeah, I'm new in town. I'm here on business, uh, but uh, I'm not entirely sure that I like what you're doing here. Oh, I'm just busting ghosts at the moment. I mean, I respect that. He
0: looks you up and down and says, ah, an expert of the paranormal. It seems I have found a compatriot in this new person.
1: I mean, it depends how much you're paying.
0: Well, would information be sufficient payment?
3: I'm looking at you going, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. We could try a little bit of information, sure. He sits down at
0: his desk and he pulls out some parchments and you see that there's like a series of blueprints and he says, I've been doing some research and I've discovered that the community center was built by an insane architect who was the head of a cult that worshipped an ancient deity buried far below Stardew Valley. Why?
1: I think we may uh,
0: ran across them. You see, the way that the community center has been built, the metallic struts, the girders, every single thing about the construction of that building is made to channel spiritual, ethereal
2: energy. That doesn't sound great, Resmodius.
3: So what if we were to just like explode the community center and rebuild it?
0: Ah, that would take away the fact that it is currently essentially just a homing beacon for insane magical ghost energies. Uh, the mayor would probably be pretty unhappy about it. The rebuilding effort would be much more difficult, but it would come at the benefit of not having to be haunted by terrible ancient uh, Hittite deities.
3: But it, it would take away most of like... Like their ability to haunt—like that would—that would just cut it.
2: Yes, as long as you can stop the ritual that is taking place there currently, probably maybe. There's a ritual in the community center.
3: Lead with that.
2: Ah, yes, the community center. Like I said, there's. If, if
0: you go to the top of the community center, you'll find a big altar. And he points to the blueprints. Like I said, this place was built by a, an insane architect who worshipped ancient uh, Hittite deities. So we built an altar right on top of it. Nobody's seen it because nobody gets on top of the community center.
3: Okay, um, that's crazy. Um, I just want. I just think we should explode it. If I'm being clearly honest, and and then I'll. I'll head to re- rebuild effort, but it's happening right now.
1: Probably, maybe. Who knows? Well, I have some untested uh, ghost explosion devices that maybe we, this might be a good a good time to use it. Well, let's go. All right, everyone in the pickup.
3: And then I'm going to give um, Rasmodius a hug and be like, Sometimes you just need to lead with the most important information like there's a there's a sacrifice altar thing going right now but you're amazing. Thank you And I give him a little little pats on his cheek and then I go
0: And as you hug him, he's like, I feel like there's a memory being suppressed within me right now. <gasps> Gotta go. (laughs) All right, you go down the stairs of the wizard's tower and as you open up the door to start heading back towards the pickup, you see there's somebody already in the pickup.
2: (gasps) Is it Rick Moranis?
0: Uh, It is not Rick Moranis, it is Fector.
2: Ned, do you know who Fector is, just out of curiosity? Nope, no idea. He's the big bad guy of uh, Journey to the Prairie King. Really? That's what I was hoping.
3: <laughs> I have never gotten... That is the one game I do not play in the minigame world of Stardew.
2: He's like an undead vampire-esque monstrosity. He's the reason there's all those monsters in Journey to the Prairie King.
3: Oh, I thought they were just aliens, if I'm being honest. Nope.
2: <laughs> yeah, so he is in the pickup,
0: and he looks towards you and says... Bob, I finally managed to make it out.
2: Vector. I'm going to dive tackle him. All right.
0: He's going to try and ram you with the pickup truck. So let's have you roll to overcome with, let's see, to tackle him. Probably quick or forceful. They're equal for you. So we'll let you make your choice. He's going to roll with forceful to try and ram you with the pickup.
2: <laughs> I'm going to go with quick. I got one. He got plus three. Oh. I want to fate point it. Fate point it. All right. And I want to use that. I'm the Prairie King and that's my enemy. Yeah, you've got history with Fector. Yeah, I hate that guy. You got beef. I got one again. All right, I guess I'm just going to get hit by a pickup.
1: Well, I want to help. I want to shoot out his tires.
2: All right.
0: Another thing to keep in mind is as long as you've got fate points, you can invoke multiple aspects on a roll. You just can't invoke the same aspect multiple times.
2: Oh, interesting. I don't think any of my other aspects would help, though, so... Uh, Your terrible aim isn't going to help you in this moment? No, probably not.
3: Um, If JP helps, does that get him to a tie?
0: So if Patrick and Louise both help, that would get you to a tie.
3: Okay, perfect. I'm going to try and jump and tackle you out of the way.
0: Tackle me out
2: of the way?
3: Yeah, the truck, because he's trying to hit you with it, right?
0: Oh. All right, and Pat is starting to shoot out the tires, So you shoot out one of the tires and he veers off to the right just as Louise, you come in and tackle him out of the way. So with a tie on an attack, the attack doesn't harm the target, but the attacker does gain a boost and the boost that fector is going to get is sick drift man you <laughs> see as he's like veering off because of one of the blown out tires he pulls on the e-brake does a big old drift tearing up the lawn in front of Rasmodius's tower and gets himself right in position to try and ram you again what would you like to do
2: How does a two-dimensional creature impact a three-dimensional world?
0: Mm, How would you like a two-dimensional creature to impact a three-dimensional world?
2: Basically, I need to know if when I'm sideways, am I just gone or am I super sharp, like a very thin piece of razor?
0: I think I see where this is going. Uh, he begins gunning the engine towards you again. What would you like to do? Oh man, I don't know. Would you like to turn sideways and see if you become super sharp? That's a big gamble.
3: Or can I do something? Yeah. Because technically I'm standing right there too. Yeah. Um, do I only get to invoke explosives once?
0: Uh, so That is your stunt, yes. But you're gonna get a big benefit from it.
3: Have I already done that? You have not. Okay, I'm gonna invoke my stunt of explosives and I'm gonna chuck a stick of dynamite at his face. All right. Well, at the truck, but.
0: Go ahead and roll to attack with forceful, I would think.
3: Uh, plus three.
0: Plus three. All right. And I'll give you a free invoke for using your stunt.
3: Okay. Um, I'll just take the plus two and make it a plus five.
0: All right. is going to try and dodge out of the way. Going to try and swerve at the last moment. It's not going to be as easy for him because he is already doing full energy towards that. Ooh, he's g- going to use the boost of his sick drift man <laughs> to try and re-roll that. And he gets a plus
3: one. Ha! Nice. Get wrecked.
0: So you toss the dynamite down in front of the truck, and it goes off at exactly the right moment, like as the front of the truck is passing over it, and you see the truck go spinning up into the sky, Team Rocket style, and Fector goes, Looks like I'm blasting off again!
2: (laughs) I'm going to look at the twinkle that's left behind and say... Bustin' makes me feel good. Perfect. (laughs) Thank you, Louise.
3: All right, to the community center?
2: Yeah. Do you have those horses still?
3: You know I do. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) We'll go get our horses.
0: Yeah, you go running back to the Stardrop Saloon. And you see Lewis is there, and he's, like, looking underneath the doormat to the star drops, and it's like, I could have sworn I left my truck somewhere around here.
3: Oh, Mayor, you really shouldn't be driving home like that anyways. Um, besides, you live really close, so just walk.
0: Uh, but walking sucks. It's the worst. Here, I, um, I have...
3: Not a full horse, but I have um, a donkey you can ride.
0: Okay. And he, like, climbs up on top of the donkey, just, like, feet hanging off of one end, head and arms hanging off the other end. And uh, he falls asleep on this donkey's back as it starts walking towards his home.
3: You get extra carrots when you get home, Fred. Thank you.
0: (laughs) That's not a donkey noise. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: much better, yeah.
0: But the, the the horse is, in fact, whinnying as it sees its owner coming back and <gasps> turns towards you. And he's just like, oh, I guess you realize the trucks aren't superior to horses after all.
3: Yeah, they did.
2: I mean, if we took the horses, they would have got blasted off with Team Rocket. That wouldn't have been great.
3: Count your blessings you didn't come, Okay. Okay. Um, are are you feeling good? You feel like you got energy to go to the community center?
0: I'm feeling chipper and limber, but I might be feeling more chipper and limber if I had an apple in my teeth
3: oh, you, and I'll go over to the bushel of apples and I'll give him an apple, and then I'll say, you should probably also feed your horses um, an apple so that way they like you and they don't buck you off.
1: Okay. Sounds good.
0: All right, you grab the apples from the bushel, feed them to your horses, and the horses are like, You didn't pay for those. I like stealing. I want (laughs) to (laughs) steal. Anyway, listener, if you understand that reference, I love you. Um, And you start riding off towards the community center. And as you get close, you can see the storm clouds are gathering over top of the community center. And as you see your first glimpse of the community center itself, you hear a cackling coming from the sky up above you, just reverberating through the entire valley. As you see, the entire community center is surrounded by skeletons and <laughs> zombies, all kinds of nasty critters from the Journey to the Prairie King video game.
3: Uh, I think is, this is definitely a little bit more in your wheelhouse, Bob. All right,
2: everyone get
3: behind me. I'm going to
2: pull my handy
0: pistol out. And as you face up against the final area of the campaign, I think that's where we're going to pick up next
3: time Ooh, that means you could just invoke your sheriff's badge next time yeah just
2: right at the gate
3: yeah
0: (laughs) that's the nice thing about having a new session is you get your fate points back you get your stunt back oh nice
3: I forgot we get our fate points back I was sitting there with none I should have been abusing those way more well
0: one final episode what's going to happen we'll find out next time but for now dear listener thank you for joining us here in the world of Starboo Valley we'll be back next time with more adventures the thrilling conclusion of this story if you want more go and subscribe maybe even give us a review we would be as happy as a horse with an apple between his teeth (laughs) if you would go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice we're also all over social media at improv tabletop so if you'd like to connect with us uh maybe you want to talk with thomas about his strategies for how to defeat fector in journey to the prairie king don't be afraid to reach out now it's time to shout out our next batch of Sticker Club Patrons. Woo, 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 woo. This week we're shouting out Je Suis Sauvignon, Mackenzie Peterson, and the founding patron, Michael Sear. Woohoo! <laughs> three people who have in the past defeated Fector in the video game Journey to the Prairie King. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Guys, nice. that's an
3: accomplishment because I, I haven't done that.
0: Yeah, Louise, every time you go to the arcade machine, you just see the name Mackenzie Peterson at the top of the high score list Ugh. and think, one of these days I'm going to beat her.
3: <laughs> Pound my fist on the game and I go, "Ding it.
0: We'll have more Sticker Club patrons to shout out next week, and if you, dear listener, want to join their ranks, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash improv tabletop We can also get things like discord access biennial sticker packs and more such as our current ongoing patron exclusive campaign dumbledore's delinquents
3: yeah it's good
0: <laughs> McKinnon and jp are part of that along with connor it's really fun and wacky so far if you want to get on on that energy then uh go check us out at patreon.com now let's do a round of plugs thomas would you like to take that this week sure thing
2: uh i cast fireball that's a campaign that they're doing over on the iCast Fireball podcast. It's The Tyranny of Dragons. Ned's in it as well as several other cast members and it's pretty good. It's all right. It's it's not it's not horrible. It's just okay. It's perfectly mediocre and vaguely adequate. I'm fooling. It's incredible. Go watch it. Um, I'd also like to plug. You said I can plug anything, right? Uh yeah. All right. So, here's my plug how to beat journey of the prairie king oh um, yeah <laughs> it's very easy let
3: me grab my notebook
2: okay here's the deal every there, so there's different levels in journey of the prairie king right and in order to get the achievement where you beat vector without dying very difficult if you try and do it in one day however if you after you beat a level you leave the game and then end the day in stardew valley It'll function as a save point. And so when you go back the following day to play Journey of the Prairie King, you'll start at the second level and then the third level, fourth level, so on. And so if you ever lose on a level, you can just restart the day. Restart the day. And you can cheese beating Journey of the Prairie King. That's the only way I got the achievement. So that's my plug. How to beat Journey of the Prairie King.
3: Oh, I have so much I have to do today, but I don't know that I'll get it done.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll see if McKenna is able to beat that achievement by the time this episode is released.
3: Oh, I will let you know. I will let you know for sure.
0: All right. Well, with that, thanks for joining us here in the world of Starboo Valley. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by...
1: Justin Porter, a.k.a. JP, and I'm just Ken. Anywhere else, I'd be a 10.
3: McKenna <laughs> <laughs> Steel. I will be the new Prairie King.
1: And Thomas Ryan...
2: I am the Prairie King. Ooh. Not for long. Much love and stuff,
3: everybody.
0: <laughs> we'll catch you next time on Improv Tabletop.
2: Don't murder me, please. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. I want to live forever.
3: <laughs> All I think of is Napoleon Dynamite.